Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. It's a lot. First of all, David is confident that he can speak to God. Hear me, Lord. He's not backward in that. Yeah, you can be confident you can speak to God. Answer me. He then says, for I am poor and needy, which is interesting because David, I mean, maybe when he wrote this psalm, he might not have been poor, but he wasn't a poor man. This isn't poverty in terms of material stuff. This is poverty in terms of without you hearing my prayers, God, I've got nothing to change my situation. I can't do it myself. I am poor and needy. I am without resource. Secondly, guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. There is something in David when he speaks to God. He says, because I am faithful to you, because my heart is for you, guard my life, God. God, I need you to guard me. I need you to stand by me. Remember, this is not the prayer of an unbeliever coming to God. This is a prayer of a believer. This is the long standing. This is the you and me. Yeah? Guard my life. Do you ever pray that? I would encourage you to pray that. God, guard my life. And to be open. I am faithful to you. My desire, my heart is to be faithful to you. Tell him that. Don't go, oh, no, I can't speak to God like that. How can you, you don't speak to God like that? No, when you approach God, it's got to be very different. No, this is how we're to approach God. This is why the Psalms are written. This is why they were written for us. So that we might use them in our relationship with him, that we might understand him better and follow him better. You are my God, he says in verse three. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Do you get God like that? You are my God. If you don't think of God like that, you need to shift how you think. He is your God. And I don't mean, oh, I can't have God in my pocket. Oh, I would never do that. No, he's your God. He's looking down on you. Have mercy on me, for I call to you all day long. And I know many of you are saying, I mean, if you knew it, I hardly pray. I don't call on God all day long. I don't. Let me tell you that you do. And let me tell you how you do. All of us have deep prayers, deep longings, deep groans, deep signs, things in our heart that are deep, that we do not verbally express, but they are there. They are like prayers that go up to God on a daily basis. You're calling all day. If your heart is for him, you're calling all day. Oh, God. And that's why, that's my experience has been with those understanding, those deep prayers, that God answers my prayers all the time. Because he's answering those prayers. But if I don't recognise them as prayer, I don't realise that he's answering prayer. And I think he's only answering prayer or not answering prayer when I pray, God, give me this job, and he didn't give me the job. I think God doesn't answer prayer. Actually, there are probably a million other prayers that God has answered, yeah, including, God, my life, he's answered. 
You are my God, have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. And you'll know this, Pauline would love God to answer that prayer for me. Bring joy to your servant. Do you know what? You can pray that every day. You can. It's not, it's not a, and I don't mean, oh, I'm now joyful. I mean, God can bring to your heart joy. Why? Because your trust is in him. And when your trust is in him, all that stuff that overwhelmed isn't overwhelming anymore. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. What did I say? What are the questions? What does it tell me about God? It tells me that he is forgiving and good and that he is abounding in love to who? God isn't abounding in love to everyone, but he is abounding in love to all who call on him. So call on him. Find a place, find a time, find a way to call on God and experience his abounding love towards you. David goes on, hear my prayer, Lord, listen to my cry for mercy. I want to encourage you when you pray to be bold. Don't be polite, be bold. Hear me, God. Remember I say, if you can't think of how to pray, if you're not sure how to pray properly, take this psalm and just pray it to God. Own it, make it yours, personify it. This is me talking to God. This is not David now, this is me. I need God like David needed God. David needed him thousands of years ago. Right now, 2018, I need God like that. Hear my prayer. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. That is a prayer of faith. How many of us pray that prayer of faith? Or how many of us, when I am in distress, I call my best friend. When I am in distress, I call my mum. When I'm in distress, I call my dad. When I'm in distress, I, I just go on social media. When I'm in distress, call on God. Why? Because he answers. Because you can call your mum or your dad, and do you know what will happen? And I'm not knocking it because I'm a dad. I'm not a mum, I am a dad. When I get called, all that happens with me if I am not living according to, um, uh, uh, if I'm not living according to God and I'm living according to the flesh, all that happens is I then just speak my fears back to you. You call me for support and advice and I just speak all my fears back to you according to the flesh. Oh yeah, well don't do that and you must do this, don't do that, don't go there. And I remember, I remember talking to, um, different times talking to my daughters, they'd call me and sometimes my response was absolutely fleshly. I would say, just get away from them. Yeah, that, Dad, you don't really mean that, do you? No, yeah, yeah, just get away from them. No, they're not very good. Yeah, that's what I would say. And they're like, Dad, I don't think you really mean what you've just said. Surely, Dad, Christian, gospel, come on. And I'd be like, oh. Yeah, because I'm acting according to the flesh. Yeah, I'm acting according to the flesh. And according to the flesh, I get fearful and worry and I get concerned and I have doubts and blah, 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 blah. But this tells us, when you're in distress, call on God because he answers. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. And this is what I mean by I'm living, I'm, I'm following God. He's my king. He's my Lord. I'm following him. Everything I say and pray is true. But I do that according to the flesh. Yeah. You see, 
It's not that I've given up on God, because I know that the gods of this world are nothing compared to him. I know that. Yeah, You know that. That's not the problem. The problem here is not that you're being drawn to the gods of the world. You know, No, I'm not drawn to the gods of the world. I'm drawn to him. I'm drawn to him, but I'm drawn to him from a fleshly point. That's where the difficulty comes. I'm living according to the flesh. Even though I know, I know that no one compares to him, but I respond to him as though I'm living according to a fleshly God. All the nations you've made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. So I know he's great. That's not the problem. I know he's amazing. That's not the issue. For you are great and do marvellous deeds. You alone are God. Then it says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Teach me your way that I may rely on your faithfulness. That's another promise in that prayer. God, I need you to teach me stuff that I rely on you. Because if you don't teach me stuff, I know I'm not going to rely on you and I'm going to do fleshly things. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And that's the whole point here. The whole point of this is when you live according to the flesh, but you're trying to serve God, your heart becomes divided and it becomes difficult. Either you need to get in line with God and live your life according to faith towards God, or you get in line with the flesh and you live life according to the flesh and you worship the flesh. And and that undivided heart, for a degree, will work. But you're not going to do that because you know among all the gods there is none like him. You know that. So you need to shift yourself the other way. For you are great, marvellous, teach me your way. I will praise you, Lord my God. With all my heart, I will glorify your name forever. For me, this speaks of worship. If you were to speak to Pauline and say, what kind of music does Owen listen to? She would say, Owen only listens to worship music. It's not strictly true, although it is almost true. And I don't listen to worship music because I like melodies or I like particular bands or groups. It's not like I'm a big fan of any particular individual. I listen to worship music for truth. That's why I listen to it. And I listen to it all the time because I realise I need truth all the time. I love the fact that we sang Amazing Grace and we sung it, if you like, the old way. Yeah, What I liked about it, actually, I hadn't thought about this before, but what I liked about it, when you sing Amazing Grace the old way and you take out the refrain, my chains are gone, the song is, really is about grace. That's what I noticed. Oh, this is about grace. And oh, isn't it wonderful to be reminded of grace. So for me, because that worship thing is such a thing, and I'm not a big music-y person at all, um, but it's such a thing, I can listen to the same song 500 times. Not in a day. Yeah? If, but if I'm being fed by the truth, I can listen to it. 
I can listen to it. Because I realise if I am going to live according to faith and not according to the flesh, I need to feed myself faith. I need to feed myself truth. All the time. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Yeah? You may well struggle. Arrogant foes are attacking me. God, ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. You may struggle with depression. You may struggle with almost bordering on mental health issues. You may struggle with all those kinds of things and you're thinking, oh, this is a new one. The Bible doesn't talk about that. Actually, the Bible does talk about that kind of thing. What I'm saying here is even when you struggle in that kind of way, he can deliver you. And sometimes we don't think that. Oh God, I'm not sure God really understands the mental health thing. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Or the only way he understands it is deliverance. No, he can deliver you simply by bathing yourself in truth, exposing yourself to truth. I tell you, it will deliver you. Spurgeon tells a wonderful story because Spurgeon himself, Charles Spurgeon, he talks about, really, he suffered from mental health issues. He suffered from depression in a very, very deep way. And I remember he preached a message in which a man came to him afterwards and he said, he said, this day I was about to go and take my life because I thought nobody understood how I felt until you spoke. And then the, the, the man goes and everything, and five years later he meets him again. He said, since that day I spoke to you, I have been free. Yeah? God can set you free. He sets you free, but it doesn't need to be a big dramatic thing in a meeting. He sets you free by that daily, continually living according to faith, not according to flesh. God will free you that way. Because that's what he gives for you. That's why his life is set up like that. But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. This is the other reason why God frees you, because he is patient with you. Yeah, God doesn't get annoyed. He's not like, oh my goodness. No, God is, it says it so many places in the Bible, he's compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger. And then David goes on, turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength on behalf of your servant. Who needs his strength? How many of us right now could say, oh, I could do with God's strength right now? Well, join David, Matt does. Yeah, and I do. On behalf of you, save me because I serve you just as my mother did. This is David. And then it says, and again, I don't know how many of us would feel like, oh, I can't really pray that. Give me a sign of your goodness. How many of you pray that? Because I would encourage you to pray that if you never have. God, give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Psalm 86. My suggestion, encouragement, is go through that psalm. Learn it. Because the reason I speak like this is I realise that I, like most of us, maybe all of us, am tempted to live according to the flesh. 
And when I live according to the flesh, it means those three, three things that, that I talked about. That either I, I change what I do in order that I can access God in the way that I think I want to, um, or I uh, think that God's just always preparing me, and so I'm 51 now, and he's still preparing me for the moment, whatever the moment might be. Uh, or I am, um, I can't remember the, I had another one. Gonna... I give up, yeah? And I can give up and come to church, and I can give up and leave the church, yeah? But I give up, yeah? So I recognise those dangers in me. Even though I'm living a life which I would have to say, I'm in the purposes of God. Yeah? And I would say that all of you, you're probably in the purposes of God. Don't think you're not. Don't, don't use that as an excuse to make some difference. You're probably in the purposes of God. The question is, are you in the purposes of God and living according to the flesh? Or are you in the purposes of God and you're living by faith? And you know the difference. If you're in the purposes of God and you're living according to the flesh, you will feel depressed at times, you will doubt, you'll feel overwhelmed, you'll want to get out, you'll want to do something to change it. Yeah? You'll want to approach Moses and say, Moses, didn't you realise the promised land is just over the hill? And you'll give all the practical reasons why that should change. That's what happens when you live according to the flesh. When you live according to faith, you can come to Psalm 86 and you can say, okay, first things first, I need to understand I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith. Yeah? And do you know what happens? So what I realised was I used to live like that, just going around. And then there came a point, I don't quite know when it was for a while, there came a point when I realised, oh, I need to live differently because I'm struggling all the time here. I need to do something different. And so the thing I did different is I began to put faith for me in my moment with God. I, I began to trust that God would speak to me every day when I went to his work. Every day. I began to trust that when I would come up with a problem, I'd go, God, I need you to help me. I do not know what to do here. Yeah? And in the past, I'd have phoned so-and-so. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm phoning you, God. I'm calling you for an answer. And what I have discovered is God answers more prayer and he gives me more peace. There are moments when I am tempted by the flesh. Yeah? And there are moments when I, but, but even Pauline would testify, oh, there are moments when I am tempted by the flesh. But what I know happens is every morning he goes and he prays and he comes back and there's faith. Yeah? And so I no longer look according to the circumstances. I no longer am, am motivated by need. There are many needs in this world, and there are many needs in the church. Even a church like ours, there are many needs, but I'm not motivated by needs. Not because I do not care. Yeah? But, but I'm motivated by faith, and I'm trusting God for things. Spurgeon, and I'm going to finish with this. I'm just going to read a quote uh, from Spurgeon, one of his daily devotionals. The evening of May the 21st, you can read it every day, and it's entitled, There is Corn in Egypt, and this is what it says, and I'll finish with this. Famine pinched all the nations, and it seemed inevitable that Jacob and his family should suffer great want. But the God of providence, who never forgets the objects of electing love, what a wonderful way of being described, 
had stored a granary for his people by giving the Egyptians warning of the scarcity and leading them to treasure up the grain of the years of plenty. So what it's saying is God allowed the Egyptians to store food to feed his people. That's what's happened. Little did Jacob expect deliverance from Egypt, but there was the corn in store for him. Believer, that's you and that's me, though all things are apparently against thee, rest assured that God has made a reservation on thy behalf. In the role of thy griefs, there is a saving clause. Somehow he will deliver thee, and somewhere he will provide for thee. The quarter from which thy rescue shall arise may be a very unexpected one. Yeah? God may bring help to you in a way that is unexpected, but help will assuredly come in thine extremity, and thou shalt magnify the name of the Lord. If men do not feed thee, ravens shall. And if earth yield not wheat, heaven shall drop with manna. Therefore, be of good courage. I.e., God will provide, so be encouraged by that. He will provide for you. Therefore, be of good courage and rest quietly in the Lord. God can make the sun rise in the west, if he pleases, and make the source of distress the channel of delight. I love that. God can make the source of distress the channel of delight. The corn in Egypt was all in the hands of the beloved Joseph. He opened or closed the granaries at will, and so the riches of providence are all in the absolute power of our Lord Jesus. It's important to hear that, and it's important to link that to Galatians 2.20. Yeah, Christ in me, in the life I live, I live by faith. Yeah, it's Christ in me. He has all the stores of Egypt, who will dispense them liberally to his people. Joseph was abundantly ready for his own family, and Jesus is unceasing in his faithful care for his brethren. Our business is to go after the help which is provided for us. We must not sit still in despondency, but bestir ourselves. Prayer will bear us soon into the presence of our royal brother. Once before his throne, we have only to ask and have his, and, and have. his stores are not exhausted. There is corn still. His heart is not hard. He will give the corn to us. Lord, forgive our unbelief and constrain us to draw largely from thy fullness and receive grace for grace. Let's pray together. Why don't we just stand and I'm just going to pray. Father, I am asking that you would uh, imprint the truth spoken into the hearts of your people today, those of long-standing and mature nature. I'm asking, O God, that they would become a people that live according to faith and that they serve the God that they seek to live for. Father, I pray that you will make clear to individuals where decisions they are making are very much according to the flesh. And Lord, you will make it really clear to them, Lord. And I trust that you will do that, for that is how you operate 
You bring clarity where there is confusion. You bring fulfillment where there is emptiness. You bring satisfaction where there has been a dearth. You bring closeness where there has been a sense of loneliness. So I pray that for my brothers and sisters. I I pray for a people that live according to faith. That understand who they are. They never forget their position. And that they pray according to what your word says. And Lord, as they pray your word back to you, that you answer those prayers. I ask these things in your name. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.